welcome to Fresh Press for September 15th, 2020. My name is Gabe. And my name is Andrew. This is a show about music where we talk... Fuck. Where we talk about misty grooves because of the soda. What? You went with the soda. You could have done mountainous. I guess maybe we've already done mountainous. You could have, have done... Have we done mountainous? I didn't even finish this. We could have done... This intro is falling apart. Sometimes I think you've gotten worse at this part of the intro. I ha- I mean, look at the le- back at the last two weeks. It's gotten worse. Nevertheless, Andrew, I shall talk about our theme since you have been unable to come up with a descriptive adjective for the kind of grooves that we are presenting to our audience on this fine Tuesday. There's um, also new tunes. I didn't say that part, so I just thought I should... Great, thank you. Very useful. Very helpful. So... This weekend, we are honoring one of the great mountain ranges in America, Andrew, the Sierra Nevada. On today, it's birthday. (laughs) Yes, very good. Born September 15th of 2 million BC. I don't know if that's right. I don't know the geologic history of the Sierra Nevada. Yeah, all of our geologist listeners are going to be really upset. So as many of you may know, California is once again experiencing a devastating wildfire season, particularly up in the Sierra Nevada this year. Now, we couldn't do wildfires because approximately a year ago when we first started this podcast, we already used the like wildfire as a theme. So Andrew and I had to resort to the next best thing, which was just the mountain range upon which the fire was occurring. But I'm sure you've all seen the Blade Runner 2049 photos of San Francisco, which is caused in part by those fires up in the mountains. Andrew, the Sierra Nevada is beautiful. It's one of my favorite places to hike. I try and go there frequently. And I thought maybe you could tell us about your song, Andrew. The song that I have brought is by a band called Primitive Noise, and the song is entitled Hetch Hetchy Valley. So, Andrew, what do you know about the Hetch Hetchy Valley? Well, Gabe, I know a lot. I would say it's the name of a valley, reservoir, and a water system in California in the United States. The Glacial Hetchy... Hetch, hetch, um, I, did, I don't know anything about it. I mean, you're not wrong. I'm reading about it on Wikipedia. It's, it, it was, it's a valley, and then they flooded it for, so there would be a dam, and now, now it's a reservoir. That's correct. It's beautiful. A year ago or so, I was there. And I do understand its beauty. It has sadly been flooded, I think, although that's kind of now part of the appeal, the granite reflecting off the still blue waters of the valley. So perhaps that provides some context for the actual song that you've chosen. Yeah, and I should clarify, the, the title of the song is Hetch Hetchy Valley. But also maybe it's comma, colon, period, uh, apostrophe underscore apostrophe tilde hyphen underscore hetch hetchy which is uh how it is <laughs> rendered on primitive noises Bandcamp. uh all of the songs in this album are rendered in that way where there's sort of a pictorial representation of i assume the subject of the song and then a, a plain text name of it in fact the name of the album is slow emergency 
and on Bandcamp, it's like degree symbol, degree symbol, degree symbol, delta, 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 slow with uh, the section symbol, like the two S's together, emergent C, again with the S, and then the deltas and the degree signs again. I don't really know what the deal is with that, but I just want to make it really clear that we're we're doing some uh some some stuff here with this whole song it does come across a little bit better in the visual on the actual band camp page andrew and this is the second week in a row you've resorted to visual items for really an audio medium here yeah i think that's the that's a good uh direction for our podcast to take um but the weird symbols do fit with some of their description for themselves on Bandcamp, which I figured you'd get around to, but maybe now is the appropriate time. Yeah, I think so. Um, I- I'm just going to read their whole Bandcamp bio because it's it's concise, but um, gives you a good vibe, which is Primitive Noise. Noise, by the way, spelled N-O-Y-E-S. Primitive Noise was started in Southern California in 2009, influenced mainly by long attention spans, noticing this moment, human hypocrisy, fundamental truth, unknowable proofs, and loving friends. And then here's a quotation. One senses the invocation of an alternate reality, ephemeral imaginings animating the void. So does this soundscape evoke anything in particular for you? Well, I've never been to the Hetch Hetchy Valley. So it's it, I, it's hard for me to, to pinpoint something specifically, but this style of music, Explosions in the Sky and um, L1011, which I think I've talked about in it, I've referenced other times on this podcast. That sort of music has always transported me to even if something i if it's something i don't have personal experience with this sort of great wide open american landscape uh of mountains and plains the closest thing that i have to that is the the year that i spent in montana those heights and expanses that this kind of music evokes and intentionally so as evidenced by the title yeah, I think it does actually do a very good job of fitting into the natural splendor through like the hazy guitars and sweeping sound and encompassing, you know, the old sound burrito. Well, I, I think it's 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 not quite a sound. It's kind of different in, in this context because it feels so open to me. I think what really makes this kind of music feel like mountains and is probably the reason why so much of this kind of music references mountains or mountainous terrain or terrain in general is that it feels wide open and that's in part because of all of the reverb that's on it as if you're in a big old space and especially the guitar sound in this kind of music the effects on it give guitars a lot of texture so you have this all this kind of texture but it's in this big space so it's sort of like seeing a mountainside from from far away or seeing the train from atop a mountain that there's all these little things but you have this great perspective on it um, that everything seems small but at the same time the whole expanse feels so large 
delightful things about the song I chose is that it's kind of a commentary on the song you chose. Is it? Yep, and we'll get there, but first the song. This is Half Dome from Inako off their record Silver Haze. <laughs> So, first, the band I Nako. That's I like a captain's I. Oh, that's confusing. So, that, that's not I helpful. spelled A Y E. I like I matey is what you should have said. For sure. Yeah, whatever. Uh, Nako spelled N A K O. Not sure where the name comes from. Couldn't figure it out. Didn't look super hard, though. So, um, do you know that's how it's pronounced? Nope. This um this album Silver Haze was released in 2017. Um, it's their second full length record, and Half Dome is this third song off the album. They are a New York City band, sort of. Um, they're like really they formed in Brooklyn, like most indie bands. But like some members of the band originally met and played together in Oakland. So there's definitely some California influence in their music and. This song in particular references the Californianess of it all. So it's a quartet. Mars Ganito, who is on the vocals and guitar, Joe McCann on the bass, Jade Payne on the guitar, and Angie Boylan on the drums. Um, they're self-described as queer core, which is cool, and they're kind of plugged into the, or they were plugged into that scene in New York, um, kind of the queer punk scene. So, Andrew, I said that my song is a commentary on your song. So I'm just gonna read part of the chorus here stuck in traffic on our way back regurgitating bullshit sayings that you cannot connect with me which was you know like uh sort of the what we just read of that band camp page well that's i but i mean look you're not wrong but you're also not right no i just think it's a good contrast between the kind of hippy dippy California. Yeah. And also the like slowly angrier California. Jaded. Which might also be the difference between like Los Angeles or San Francisco versus a town like Oakland, for instance. In terms of like instrumental content, I like how this song kind of goes through a few different like phases of tempo and meter as it's progressing through and really highlights the guitars. I'm not really a big fan of like hardcore punk. Um, and I, I don't think you are either, Andrew, if I were to hazard a guess. No, I don't have enough energy for it. <laughs> but this is like, I, this is like the kind of punk that I'm really into that's like has great melodies and hooks kind of hidden throughout like 
the the guitars and the drums, which are still like pretty intense. Andrew, you found an incredible new tune this week. I would say I rediscovered an incredible band. Uh, so I'm not familiar with Delta Spirit. Okay, so the band. Okay, let's go with let's. Let me tell you what the song is first. I'm not going to make the same mistake I made last week. <laughs> the song that I have is by the band called Delta Spirit. It is the title track off their brand new album entitled "What Is There." Now, Delta Spirit is a band that I forgot about for the last decade, but I did think about a lot in 2009. Wow, really? When they opened for the shins at the Electric Factory. That feels extremely 2009. Everything you just said there felt very 2009. The shins, the Electric Factory, a classic Philly venue... So I, they opened for the Shins, and I obviously I saw that show. I enjoyed them a lot. They were very energetic, and I they had they had a song where they just like bang on a trash can with a drumstick, trash can lid, not the whole trash can. Not, it's not fucking stomp out there. It's just just the lid. <laughs> Amazing. But yeah, they were a lot of fun. I listened to their like EP that they had, which was like I think the only thing they had out at that point. Or maybe it was a full LP. I don't remember. I feel like I only listened to like four songs of theirs, and it was the trash can one two songs with people in the title and then another one I don't remember. Songs with people in the title? Yeah, like it was, it's people turn around and people come on. Oh, not with like people's names in the title, which is also another thing that you like. No, with the word people in it. <laughs> and I like that, but I, I just, it was not a time in my life when I was like pursuing more about an artist that I only sort of was interested in. So I just kind of forgot about them and then I, you know, I don't have like a, fucking ipod anymore so i haven't like listened to what's on my itunes library but i saw their name in in like new music that was out this weekend i was like oh shit delta spirit i remember them and i listened to this album and it was not the same as the delta spirit i remembered um it's the same people yeah, it looks like you missed a few albums in between now and 2000. Yes, I definitely missed a few albums, and that's on me. And I have no idea how their sound progressed from their very first release to now. It's all the same people, uh, led by Matt Vasquez uh, with a bunch of other people in the band. But I was literally like, I had to look that up to make sure that it was the same like lead singer because he seemed much less raucous and loud. But I guess it's been a decade so he's chilled out. Like he's had a he's had a child. So he's yep, got there you less, go. He's in his thirties. Yeah. There's less running around on stage and banging on a trash can lid. Although <laughs> right. I don't know. I haven't seen them live, so maybe they still do that. I'm sure they do. That probably that seems like a, a crowd pleaser. But or but maybe they've moved away from it because they want to project a new image of the more serious It's their Stacy's mom. <laughs> uh I really enjoyed this album. It it wasn't like amazing to me. It wasn't fully like the the 
kind of stuff that I'm into. It was it's pretty straight up rock, but at the moments on this album when it gets a little quieter and more introspective, I really really enjoyed it. Especially this song, which is the last track on the album. Um, it really takes its time. It's like six and a half minutes long, and it's just lovely. This is going to be a weird comparison, but it reminds me tonally, not musically, of a song that I brought for a theme earlier this year, which was Sea of Roses by the Milk Carton Kids. Obviously very different, although it does have some sort of Americana kind of influence, but a very different instrumentation style and everything. But the uh, the kind of bittersweet things are ending or things are not ending tone that this song has reminds me of that, sort of the, the feeling that it evokes in me. Yeah, I actually see that comparison very clearly. This is just like, it feels like an incredible album closer. It's very like thoughtful and maybe it's also the, like um, it feels just, both of those songs feel so American. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. And it's like kind of a terrible way to describe, but like if I think like classic American sort of rock folk Americana music. Right. Um, now, obviously that's a very specific cross-section of America, but... <laughs> Kill him with a look Exercise the right Lightly make adjustments A little lemon in the right So the band, somewhere in the middle of when I was not thinking about them, um, actually broke up in, I think, 2015. Wow. They put out an album in, in 2014 and 2015 that was, like, their biggest album yet and was, like, a really... Uh, well well received but they decided that it just like they felt like they were getting close to breaking up as a band and they didn't want to like explode so they were like we're just gonna we're gonna call it and maybe not forever but we're gonna call it so they were apart as a band for several years they they came back together and like did some some live stuff um, and some like jam sessions in 2018. And then over the last year, uh, I think they started putting together this album. Matt Vasquez says about this song, he says, the title track is asking the question, what is our journey? What is around the next corner? It's about each member and what the journey is for them. For me, it's been pretty tough, especially moving to Norway where I was pretty anonymous. Yeah, he moved to Norway for like a year Oof. Uh, with his wife and child. Wow. Um, and apparently that was rough. Yeah. I found another quote about it from him that was like, you know, in winter in Norway, it the sun sets at three o'clock and then it doesn't come up until like nine or 10 the next day. And then it sets again at three o'clock. And it's like, you just turn translucent. When your name, when your last name ends with a Z, you really need the sunlight. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, so you had me thinking though about bands that have broken up and then gotten back together. I feel like when that happens, quite frequently, the record that's put together is not great. I don't know if I can even think of some specific examples, but this seems like a really solid album, like as your comeback album. Like, they didn't really break up. It was almost like a planned hiatus to do some be-on-your-own things. Right, exactly. I think that is that has something to do with it, is because what they did was they didn't let the band explode. They were like, nah, we're it's tearing at the seams a little bit. Let's do a clean cut. 
and say yeah, we're they done with the band. It. Yeah. Smart. Very smart. Um, and I think this song, I mean, he, he says specifically, the song is about their journey as individuals and as a band. The whole album actually feels like stories from a group of people rather than rather than it being just like the f- the lead singer has written all the songs and it's about his life and moving to Norway. I think they all collaborate in writing the songs and what they bring is um, various perspectives, but on similar issues, which is what makes this whole album uh, have a unity, even though it's not uh, one perspective. It's almost like it's it's one sort of thing that they're going through or one type of thing um, that they all are, are coming together on. And the, the chorus of this song, I, I just think is is really beautiful and makes it clear that is clear that it's both metaphorical and also literal. The line is, if there's one more record, let it play on forever. And that can be metaphorical, of course, and be, you know, if, if we're breaking up in the morning, let's hope that this last night together lasts forever or something like that. Um, it could be any version of, of anything for that. Or it can be literally like, hey, we are, as a band broke up. We got back together. We made this album. That doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to, that we have another four albums in us. Maybe this is sort of our, the final ending of, of us as a band. But I don't know. I just think it's a beautiful way to end the album, especially in the context of the creation of the album, that it's, it's six minutes. It really takes its time to work through all kinds of thoughts about, about that moment. If it's one more record, let it play on forever Keep flipping the B-side to the A May it remain in our memory The joy we found in the journey Never needed to get there anyway But what is there? Gabe, you have a divine new tune to share with me this week. Wow, Andrew, is that a pun on the band name? No, I just think it's really good. Why? What's the name of the band? The name of the band is Artemis, who, as you know, is a goddess from Greek mythology. So divine is an apt adjective to describe this jazz septet's music. Um, This song that I've chosen is titled Step Forward, and it is from... The jazz supergroup Artemis's self-titled debut record. You're sort of known as the jazz man on this podcast. Uh, people have called me that before. That was my nickname in high school. The jazz man on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, the whole thing. Are you familiar with all of the musicians in this in this supergroup, which is like six to seven people? Um, no, I've run across a couple of them before in different contexts or playing in different groups, but I was not familiar with all of them. But if you read their resumes, look at their discographies, um, it's a pretty impressive group. So this is Artemis. They're um, 
all women. There's seven women. Um, so there's Renee Rosnes, who is the pianist and the artistic director kind of the group. Ingrid Jensen on the trumpet, Melissa Aldana on the tenor sax, Anat Cohen on the clarinet, Mariko Ueda on the bass, Allison Miller on the drums, and not present on the song, but singing on two of the tracks on the record is Cecile McLaurin Savant. They come from all over the world. Um, we've got like Chile and Japan and uh, Israel and the United States and Canada. But something that I found interesting is I think like all of them, at least six of them, attended the Berkeley College of Music huh. in Massachusetts, which is the premier jazz like music college in the country, like by far. Um, but I, I did think it was funny. Is the group is like, we're from everywhere. <laughs> but we all did go to this one program that is, <laughs> yes, very, very good. They are incredible musicians so virtuosic and have such great feel all of them have had well-established careers um either leading their own groups or playing with other groups um doing the both being band leaders and i think they came together and really just have impeccable chemistry on this record pitch perfect the whole way through right there's a number of ways to look at music or to consider music good it might move you in a particular way you might think it's something brilliant and new or sometimes what really good music is is just it's just flawless right like this isn't they're not really introducing any new forms to jazz they're not but they're just so good at playing music (laughs) which is really cool um apparently they got together um, ahead of the 2018 Newport Jazz Festival, which is really the big jazz festival in the country. And their show like became somewhat legendary in jazz circles because it was just so good to see them live. And the president of Blue Note, which is like the premier jazz label, and was like, uh, so you guys want to do a record or, or what? <laughs> Uh, and like pretty much signed them on the spot. Um, and then a couple years later, we have this um, incredible, incredible collection of songs, of nine songs. I chose this song in particular for a couple of reasons. First of all, I think it really highlights um, each member of the group, um, with the exception of the vocalist. So the other six members of the group, you really get time to enjoy, you know, beyond the three melodic instruments the trumpet the tenor saxophone the clarinet you also get some time to like there's a bass solo and a piano solo and the drums get a little bit of a highlighted moment and especially for a song for this podcast i like to bring something that really showcases the whole jazz ensemble rather than uh, focusing on a specific musician but also i thought this song was really playful the melody is really awesome and it's got kind of that like standard jazz structure of melody and then a solo section and then a melody but the the way that the band transfers from the melody into the solos and then back out i think is cool and unique and the the melody will get played in the piano and it'll get passed around through the the horns but it's like a fun melody right it's like it got you on your toes a little bit it's kind of (laughs) dancey in a way it feels like big band jazz like Duke Ellington or Count Basie. Mm-hmm. 
but such a like a delightful like really melodic opening should not take away from the fact that uh, the chord changes that these musicians are playing through are coming extremely quickly and are very difficult and uh, I think it's a reference to the the famous song called Giant Steps, which is a John Coltrane jazz tune. Heard of him. Uh, a famous tenor saxophone player who wrote this famously hard jazz standard as it became with complicated chords uh, with lots of modifications outside of kind of the standard canon moving very, very quickly right after one another. So this song is titled Step Forward and has sort of a similar chordal feel. Um, And it feels like kind of a sly wink or maybe not very sly wink at uh, John Coltrane. for me to get too much into any of the like solo specifics on the song but i have to say that i think the clarinet solo is really the highlight i was also gonna say that (laughs) um that's a not cohen who is from israel but now based out of new york great jazz clarinet pulls a lot from a genre of music um, known as klezmer um, which is a historically ashkenazi jewish genre um, of blending like Eastern European folk music and and it's really driven usually by a clarinet and you, you get a lot of that and it feels very like lower east side of New York <laughs> and I think that really comes through in this song in particular Andrew, it felt like kind of a slow week um, on the other good music front, but did you have anything else that you wanted to point out? Yeah, there were a couple things. I think the standout stuff for me was um, the Artemis album and this Delta Spirit album, um, but there were a couple others that I listened to. Uh, Lucrecia Dalt yeah. uh, had an album called No Era Solida. Super weird. Uh, very weird, very experimental. I was super into it. There will come a day when I bring some experimental shit on this podcast, but it is not this day. Yeah, I'm always a little bit hesitant because it's not always the most listenable, but I thought this was really interesting. I, I really liked that album. Um, an album by, I would describe it as art rock band, um, Everything Everything, titled Reanimator. That just gave me very strong Arcade Fire vibes, and I enjoyed it. There was an album by William Tyler, who is a uh, guitarist, called New Vanitas, which I was also very into, but felt um, is another thing where it's like hard for me to bring one track from a full album of uh, instrumental guitar stuff because it feels like a unit that I don't want to pull one piece of because you, you're not going to get it, you know? Sure, yeah. Um, but I really like his stuff. I expect I will probably bring his music at some point. There was a ton of new singles from 
pretty big hitters. There's a first of all another song machine episode from Gorillas. If people have been following that, singles from Sufjan, right? No, no, sorry. Singles from uh, James Blake, who was pretty much Sufjan Stevens, but in electronic form, and Matt Berninger. It's a new Staves track. Oh yeah. Um, and I think the other music news thing that I just want to mention is Joni Mitchell announced, or there was an announcement that uh, there's there's going to be a release of a bunch of archival early recordings of Joni Mitchell um, coming out, I think, at the end of October. That's pretty cool. Um, they put out just one track that was uh, House of the Rising Sun. Probably not something that we will like pick from because A, it's Joni Mitchell, and B, they're archival recordings for this podcast but it's very cool and i'm excited to see that whole i think it's gonna be like a 30 track album of all these old demos and uh covers and other just recordings that never made it to print that is our show for the day and the week i would say i'm not planning to put out another one tomorrow oh i had blocked out a whole chunk of time my fault well you can send complaints to andrew at our twitter page at fresh pressed pod if you want to listen to tracks from this week's show and all previous shows, check out our Spotify playlist that we keep in the show notes. That should keep you going, hopefully, until our next podcast, which will be released on September 22nd. Until that day, I'm Gabe. I'm Andrew. And you have been listening to Fresh Pressed. Fresh Pressed.